0: Hey, it's PF, and I'm still deciding what to do with the next round of episodes for PF's Tape Recorder, so I'm going to take just one more week to decide. I'm trying to get a couple of guests lined up. I need to contact a guy today, as a matter of fact. And in the meantime, we're going to hear another Encore episode. This is episode... I'm not sure, 52, 53, I don't even remember, I didn't look before I started recording the intro here, but it's uh, with Bill Burr, it's from 2012, and I believe it's Bill Burr's first appearance on the show, I think Bill has been on twice, but he's one of the great comedy minds in America, still does his Monday morning podcast, which is very popular, so we're going to hear from Bill Burr and all the things going on in 2012, all that entails, and then we're going to have a brand new song of the week from maniskin italian rock band so i'll see you on the other side with that in the meantime enjoy this encore presentation of pf's tape recorder with bill burr
1: hey everybody this is augie smith and you are listening to pf's tape recorder
0: There. I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Bill Burr can't understand why people constantly strive to get ahead.
1: Yeah, why don't you just be like me, plateau, and be happy about it? I love where I'm at, completely satisfied. One of the most un American things you can
0: be. We'll hear more from Bill in just a few minutes, but first, as always, fake news. Now, fake news with me. A Texas school is in hot water. When two teenage girls were paddled at school by a male assistant principal, some parents got angry. It wasn't over the punishment, but over the school having an educator of the opposite sex deliver the punishment. In a related story, behavior problems with male students in classes taught by women have increased dramatically in the Texas schools. Several hundred retired military leaders are raising red flags about childhood obesity in the USA and its impact on finding qualified recruits for the military, calling for junk food to be booted out of schools. Why? Because you are a disgusting fat body, private pile! Sir, yes, sir! Council members in an Alabama city voted Tuesday to stop a group's work on a new monument honoring a Confederate general who was an early leader in the Ku Klux Klan. The Selma City Council voted four to nothing, with two members abstaining to stop all work on the monument to General Nathan Bedford Forrest until the courts decide whether the city or a Confederate heritage group owns a cemetery property where the monument would be rebuilt. Critics of the move argue that the Civil War was not a war about slavery or race, but about states' rights. A state's rights to enslave people of another race. The Hubble Space Telescope scientists released the deepest view yet of the universe on Tuesday, a vista of galaxies more than 13.2 billion years old. It's being dubbed Hubble's extreme view of space. And indeed, the telescope is now sponsored by Mountain Dew and Doritos. Ann Romney took her turn on Jay Leno's couch this past week, talking about her husband's caring ways and his chance to make history as President Obama did four years ago. Said Mrs. Romney, quote, I love the fact that we have the first African-American president. That means to me that we're leaving prejudices behind. I hope that if Mitt were elected, we would see more of the same. The prejudices are being left behind, unquote. Yes, who would have ever dreamed that we would see a day when a wealthy white male born in a privilege would ascend to the highest office in the land? Presidential candidates are advertised as heavily as consumer products, so it's a little surprise that voters have opinions on how President Obama and former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney compare to consumer brands. In a survey by Landor, a brand identity firm, and pollsters Penn, Schoen, Burland, likely voters were asked to associate the two men with brand names in a variety of categories. For example, Obama is associated with People Magazine, Romney with Businessweek. In, in social media, Obama is associated with Facebook, while Romney is associated with LinkedIn. And for footwear... Yes, you can see it coming, can't you? Obama is Nike, and Mitt Romney is, yes, flip-flops. All right, you didn't even need me for that last one. And that's been Fake News with me. Everybody's tweeting, faving, and deleting. Follow Friday, some of you know. And play Dream Tweet, the game show to go. It's the game show to go. Dream Tweet, everybody. It's the celebrity-based Twitter-themed game show that's coming your way where two Twitter titans go head-to-head in a battle of wits and wisdom. Tune in, subscribe on iTunes, and there'll be a new game every single week. And remember, if things get a little bit sassy, just try and keep in mind that I'm just being a bitch. That's my catchphrase, and I'll be using it, and we'll be having laughs, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Dream Tweet, the game show to go, and it's coming soon. Dream Tweet. Bill Burr is a comedian's comedian, and he was kind enough to join us here on PS Tape Recorder. I won't waste any more of your time. We'll just get right to our interview with Bill Burr. Okay, hey, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, it's Bill Burr. Bill, how's it going?
1: What's going on, man? How are you? Great,
0: man. This is huge. Thanks for doing this.
1: Well that doesn't make me feel good. Is this a really small podcast or something?
0: Uh <laughs> Well it depends. I
1: can't believe you came on this thing, Bill. I know.
0: Well well, you're in good company though. Mark Maron's been on, Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Pardo, so
1: Oh, all right, all I've, right. I've this duped... I've, you know, you don't know with these podcasts how legitimate they are because they're like... podcasting uh, at this point is like uh, somebody said they were a stand-up comedian in, like, 1989. Yeah. You know, when, like, everybody was doing it.
0: Well, and to make it worse, my 8-year-old is doing a podcast now. Of
1: course, they are. Yeah, so... <laughs> there he is. I bet, and let me get... He has over a half a million downloads. He's number one in 8-year-old... Have you noticed that about podcasts? Everybody's podcast says they have like 400,000 listeners and that they're like number one or number two on uh,
0: iTunes. Yeah, no, I make no such claims. <laughs> I could be found out pretty easily.
1: Uh, yeah, it's called it A small but
0: loyal follow. If you like to play up the fact that we have listeners around that's the world, we've had some big guests, you know.
1: The fact That's that... exactly what I have. Yeah, I have a small but loyal uh, fan base.
0: I see that, but you—you really are one of the most downloaded podcasts, though. That's the thing.
1: <laughs> uh, well, according to all my other friends, how many listeners they have, they have more than I do. Hmm. So I have no idea, and I actually really have no idea how many listeners I have because I have really know—I don't get how to look at the numbers because you know people download them, and then one person will download like eight of them. Yeah. And then you're looking like, okay, it, yeah, is that eight different people? Is that one guy eight times?
0: Yeah, you really oh, got to drill down.
1: Part.
0: Yeah, because we had uh, uh, like over a hundred on Wednesday, hundred downloads. But I'm thinking like that's just people out of curiosity or cherry picking, which I invite people to do by the way. Uh, you can go ahead and cherry pick some of the guests. That's that's not a problem. But uh, I think we might get a lot of that. But you know, I think uh, I think this one will generate some downloads. I'm hoping.
1: This is how I like to try and sell tickets to the comedy club. I talk about the inner workings of
0: podcasting. <laughs> there you go. Well, the comedy nerds all are all on board with it, so uh, uh, I think they'll enjoy that. Um, speaking of uh, people that have been on the show, you are uh, I'm friendly with Jimmy Dore, and did you guys? I understand this correctly. Used to be roommates, or am I misinformed? No,
1: no, no. I was never a roommate. Oh, okay, me, but you guys. But I, I have known Jimmy long enough that I, at some point I should have been one of his roommates. Okay. All right. Um, I, I first met Jimmy uh, in Vegas. He was working this now non-existent casino called Maxim.
0: Yeah, that's where New the, York, New York the, is the, now. Not the,
1: yeah, not not the magazine. Right. It was, uh, it was just uh, this casino, and I was working this place, Harris, and uh, just one of those guys. Great guy, Chicago guy. Just hit it off, and I've been friends with him ever since. Probably like on 15 years.
0: Yeah. Now, of course, uh, Jimmy likes to talk about the politics. And uh, you kind of talk about some of that stuff on stage, but with a much different approach. Uh, you seem to more have kind of the the, the everyday guy uh, kind of outrage right. towards it. Right. Well, that's
1: it. because Jimmy's informed, and he actually <laughs> reads. And I don't watch any of it, and I think it's just all, uh, you know. I don't even know. I, I mean, can I really have an opinion on it when I don't watch it? Like Mitt Romney, up until about three days ago, that guy could walk past me on the street and I wouldn't know what he looked like. But you could... wasn't until it wasn't until he said, uh, hey, why don't you bums get a job and then maybe I'll do something for you <laughs> and that forty seven percent thing.
0: Yeah. That everybody
1: started I just like watching how they twist and turn that. You know what that guy was saying. And they try to make it seem like he's he's making fun of like single moms and hardworking working people. It's like no, he's talking about freeloaded bums. <laughs> Although, you can't say that 47% of the people. So he did mess up. But, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say 47%. There's got to be at least 12% of the population. has to be freeloaded bums. Everybody knows them. You know, hey, hey, you hungry? And they go, no, no, I'm not hungry. And then you order a pizza and you pay for it. And then they just sit there like a buzzard, wait till the last seat, you know? Yeah. And then they go, Hey, you gonna eat that? And then they and you're like, "No, no, no. And then they eat the slice, they didn't have to 'em didn't have to pay a dime. Hmm. Freeload. That that's who he's trying to talk
0: about. Yes, but I, I would think. but I would argue that you know, having worked in some, some large corporations, there are just as many people freeloading through that system as there are uh, on the government heat. Um, you know, People just show up at work and do the just the minimum amount of work, just to slide through to get that paycheck. And uh, so I think that you could, you could make the argument that yeah, way. Yeah, but
1: you, at least you still have a job. You yeah. still have to get up in the morning. You got to go to a cubicle. You got to at least have you know expel some sort of effort to just you know act like you care. And you, I don't know. You can't unless you're the boss and son. You're not going to move up in the company. So you know you're just kind of stuck in your little cubicle, stapling things together. I'm talking about bums here, man. Bums.
0: <laughs> now, but you have been on the side yes. of, the, you, but you've been on the side of the working man before. I remember you were uh, this discussion you had about when you were. I am you,
1: on the side of the yes. working man. i Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. I yeah. No, I I get that, and I'm just saying that you know that one of the one, one of my favorite bits of yours is when you were trying to fly uh one of the airlines and they they insisted you use the kiosk instead of having the lady told you to go use the kiosk even though she could have checked you in. On the on the airline.
1: Oh no, that that was the uh, that was the cell phone place. Oh, that cell phone. She wouldn't. I was trying to buy a cell phone charger, and she wouldn't. She couldn't serve me until I checked in at the kiosk. I had to write my name in, so I just wrote a fake name. I wrote yeah. Hank Simpson, <laughs> and then she goes Hank Simpson, and I came walking up. I go, Yeah, can I get one of those chargers? And then she goes, What's your phone number? And I'm like, I don't give out my phone number. She goes, Well, we already have it. I go, Well, that's a great thing. Just give me the goddamn charger. <laughs> All they're doing, they're just trying to get you, you know, more information about you, and then they sell it to other corporations. After they get done telling you that they don't do this, another, uh, what do they call it? Another revenue stream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that trickles down into the whatever the hell they call it. I don't
0: know. See, comedians should do that. Ask every member of the audience what's your phone number, and then sell to other comedians.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then everybody can have the same mailing list.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, I know you blog for NHL.com sometimes, so I'm interested in your thoughts on this uh, on this labor lockout that's looming.
1: Um, this is straight across. This includes football too. I'm sick of owners, you know, negotiating with the players, having their lawyers look at the deal and then they all go, yeah, that's a good deal. They sign it, and then two years into the deal, they go, wait a minute. We're not getting as good a deal as we thought, and then they just break the contract with the lockout. I think it's unbelievably short-sighted and selfish and greedy of the owners of the NHL. They, they once again, at the worst possible time, the, the, the sport is on an upswing. It's actually on NBC. It's uh, It's It's at the height of its popularity since the last horrific strike. They got all this momentum. The Winnipeg Jets are back. Yes. It's awesome. And they go, you know what? I think this is a great time for a lockout. (laughs) Let's piss off our fan base and make the people who we just dragged in, brought them in over the last couple years, let's let them forget about it and maybe get back into NBA hoop. You know? I mean, the NBA last year, they had their lockout, and it lasted almost right up until Christmas. And that was a great thing for the NHL, whatever sort of momentum they got. I just think it's um, But it's what they do. They're like this self-sabotaging entity. I, I mean, I've been watching hockey since, you know, about 80, 81, and I've just watched them make one, just shoot themselves in the foot so many times. It's such a great game. Yes. And... You know, and if you go to see it live, you know it'll 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 change your life, and you'll, you'll be like a junkie like me, and you'll get the center ice package, and you'll watch all these games, and it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's like why can't you just be happy being a multi-millionaire? Why do you got to be a multi-multi-multi-millionaire? You know, Oh so it's just an ego thing.
0: It is, yeah. They think you know. They just feel that they're they're being cheated somehow. And like you said, the NHL is kind of in the worst position of the of all the sports leagues to be in because it's kind of like we have three and a half major league sports in North America. Because the NHL does everything it can to make sure it's not the solid number four uh, major sport. With the- uh,
1: no, 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 no. It's, it's not in North America. In Canada, it's number
0: one. Oh yeah, absolutely. So
1: in the United States, you know, listen, if it, it, they. I don't know, if I had a business and I was a millionaire, you know what, I'm good. I'm good with my current deal if I'm a millionaire. And it's just like, I I just don't understand why, uh, you know, it's like the NFL's number one, right? They're number one, and it's not good enough. Now they got to try to get a team in, like, Portugal (laughs) and one over in England or whatever that was, Germany. It's like, what are you doing? You got thirty two damn teams, you already got enough teams, isn't it? When it's that, that corporation mentality where every year you gotta make it bigger, you gotta have yeah. more money. If
0: you're not you growing. Know? You're not growing, you're shrinking.
1: Yeah, why don't you just, you know, be like me. <laughs> plateau. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> and be happy about it. I love where I'm at. Completely satisfied. One of the most un American things you can be.
0: Yeah, that's true. And my wife says that all the time. She goes, you know what? I just want to go in and do my job. I don't want to run the company. I don't want to be department manager. I'm good at what I do. Her her big dream is to sit there and do data entry all day. That's her dream job.
1: And you forgot the other half. Let me do data entry and nobody Fs with me.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I'm exactly. Sure. Yeah, That's it. That's exactly it.
1: That, that's pretty much the backbone of everybody's dream. Even if you want to make more and more money every year, it's because your goal is the same. You, you're you trying to get this place where nobody can help with you. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know if that exists. Like I sit there and I try to come up with a figure in my head like Walter White on Breaking Bad. Like how much money do you have to make or if you wanted to, you could just, you, well, you could just be set for life. And the, the prop, there's no, there's no figure. Even if you had $10 million dollars right? You stick it in the stock market, you could lose it. If you stick it in a bank, one day you could walk down there and find out that the bank shut down. What do you stick it in a mattress? And then you got to sit there all day with, you know, with a loaded shotgun. It's just really weird that you, you work your ass off and you take your money and you the first thing you do is you give it to somebody else. Even when you stick it in the bank, you stick it in the bank and then they take it and they loan it out. So, Technically, it's not even there. You never had it in your hand. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that I think about that drives me nuts and uh, makes me happy that I have a dog. <laughs> so I take it for a walk, and uh, you
0: know. Well, when you're on stage and and indeed doing the podcast, you're a little more amped up about things. Is that when you really get to let go, or are you pretty much irritated about these kind of things on an ongoing basis throughout your day?
1: Uh, I try not to be irritated, but. Uh, that's that's the, uh, that's one of my weak one of my weaknesses is I get irritated really easily. But it's great for my act. It's great for material. Well, yeah. And uh, and it's a great feeling when you when you say it and everybody laughs. You're like, oh, good. So they they you know they kind of get what I'm saying. But uh, you know I'm trying to be. This <laughs> is what I'm going to dry up as a comic right here. I'm trying to be a little <laughs> more live and let live. Yeah, understand that other people have a right to uh, share the planet with me and have different opinions.
0: <laughs> but when that ultimately doesn't work out, it's going to be comedy gold. Yeah. You... I also. Yeah. Um, th- does the podcast uh, ever generate material? Because it seems like it's kind of a nice, uh, you know, a, a good chance for you to take some some hilarious batting practice. And then, um, you know...
1: It... Um, some of it... It's usually, like little references will go in. Like, I definitely kept the Hellboy head thing that has gone into my act. But then, you know, a couple of times I've done like things, and people will be like, uh, I did something about the human race dying off and then trees taking over. And then they basically act like the same selfish idiots and then they die off. I forget what well, some sort of thing I said. And uh, my buddy helps me, you know, with the podcast said, dude, you should definitely put that in your act and stuff. And it's just I don't know. I just sometimes feel like, well, I take the whole thing on the podcast. It's, you know, my act is just like my podcast. and Why would you go see my act? And vice versa, why would you listen to the podcast? So I try not to do it too much. But every once in a while, if I say something, um, if I put it in my act, I expand on it so it's different. Um, kind of like when you go to see Sting and he plays an old police song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the bossa nova version of whatever joke I did to, but But... Uh, <laughs> Rigging um, it up. No, I, I definitely try to keep them separate. There's a few times, like, something is bugging me. There's, there's been times something in my act has been bugging me so much that it actually comes up on the podcast and I start talking about it. And in my head, I'm going, ah, I'm kind of burning a bit here. Sometimes I'll actually say that. Or if I come up with something really funny on the podcast, I'm like, that's going in my act. All right, I'm telling you that right now. So don't get disappointed when you hear it again when you come to see me. I will do stuff like that.
0: Another thing I was curious about, because I was was doing an open mic last night, and I was watching some of the other guys, and and this one guy was doing some, I guess, you know, some race material, and I was thinking, and and some of it was working. The stuff he was talking about his own personal uh, being half Jewish and half Southern Baptist was funny. He was talking about Arabs. It wasn't so funny. And I'm thinking, like, well, when someone like Bill Burr does it, you approach from a whole different angle, and it's funny, and it's not offensive, and you own it. I mean, does it take a while to develop that skill and that confidence to say, hey, I, I can make this funny without, you know, uh, being a dick about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that that kid there probably, you know, eventually will be able to do it even better than me. He's just early on. Yeah. And it's not, uh, you know, you got there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. One of them is that, you know, the second, if you're white, if you're talking about race, um, a white crowd will, you know, to a certain extent will pull back. Because they're just waiting for that cringeworthy moment when you are trying to say something and you say it the wrong way, and then everybody's like, oh god, here we go. You know, just yeah, it's kind of that vibe you have to get past. But um, believe me, whatever you saw that kid do, I probably did ten times, tenfold. You know. Yeah,
0: that's true. I'm well, putting the knock on him. I mean, he he actually did a, had a nice set and he had a, a, a nice delivery. And we'll give him a shout out, Jeb Stuart. All you
1: have to do look is this is the crowd can, if the crowd, it's weird they can sense what's in your heart like they can tell if you're being malicious. yeah so, um, and then there's other times where you're not being malicious and they're just in that politically correct mindset. so then all you got to do is address it. like I, I'm doing this bit right now about Stalin and Hitler. Okay, and at you know, every other show I have to be at listen, I'm not advocating what either one of these people did, okay? Listen to what I'm saying. And then they always laugh. It's like a tension killer. And then they're with you for the rest of the bit. You know, because yeah. but that that's not on the crowd. The way I well, the way I, I, I go into that, you don't know what I'm saying. You don't quite know where my point's gonna go, you know, which is something that uh I don't consciously do it with something that I used to do when I was working hell rooms. Was the way I would go into a joke would be like, wait a minute, is this guy going to say something horrific? Is he, oh, no, it's funny. Oh, whoa, whoa, where he going with this? What is he, oh, this is funny. And it was a way to get people to keep listening. Because they were waiting for this train wreck and then you'd come out of it. Yeah. And it ended up kind of becoming like this style that I wasn't really, I didn't really notice that it, it kind of became the way I wrote. But it's it's kind of a great technique to get loud drunk people to shut up because they <laughs> like they start thinking, oh my god, is this, you know, does he really think you should hit a woman? <laughs> you know, is is, is this guy pro-slavery? You know, does this guy like Hitler? You know, like that's how you like to sort of go into it, or sort of lead them like they're going that way. And then it's also another way where you can just take that last left, left turn it's the surprise punchline.
0: Yeah, it,
1: it, you, it, you know. It's really it seems, just showing you that the you know where the rabbit is when I throw it out of the hat right now, but that's basically um, something that I, I like. I said, just out of necessity.
0: Well, I think people that have
1: you know, followed that you,
0: yeah, up. people that have followed you for a while know that it's going to come back at some point. It's going to take this twist and it's going to come back on itself and it's going to and it's give me something really cool. So.
1: Hopefully, you know, there's still nice, you know, and I I don't explain it right. <laughs> Those are the nights when I'm actually not in a good mood. If I'm not in a good mood, because I already sound off like I'm, you know, sometimes angry or a major understatement. But uh, the nights when I actually really am um, not in a good mood. Um, and I don't mean like, oh, somebody just frustrated me, an individual, but, if that's the deal then I can just go out on stage and tell the story and then I get it out of my system and then I can do my act and it's fine. I mean, yeah. like, when I'm on the road and I'm tired and I'm actually questioning why I ever became a comedian, those, those can be rough nights.
0: Hmm. <laughs> well, you, you you somehow find a way to make it work every time, though, it seems.
1: Well, those are the stand-up uh, specials. Yeah. I'm in a good mood that night. You know, <laughs> you catch me on a random Thursday.
0: Okay, well... <laughs> Well, folks are looking forward to it. Speaking of uh, here in Cincinnati, it, this is going to be a, a huge deal when you're in town here. Oh, I'm sorry to, go to I haven't played Go Bananas
1: in a long time. Yeah. And uh, um, um, I can't remember what the, if I'm there through Friday through Sunday or if it's Thursday through Saturday. I
0: think it's a Thursday through Saturday. I will correct this in the outro of the podcast if I am wrong. And, of course, in City Beat we'll have the correct yeah, information. Yeah, Thursday but,
1: through Saturday. All right. And then I'm hanging I around so. on Sunday going to the Bengals
0: uh, the game. There you go. All right. Awesome. Okay,
1: well, before I let yeah, you that's, go... that's, that's you one can... of the things that I do when I'm on the road to keep myself sane. I, I've been to a home game of just about every professional team in all four sports.
0: Wow, that's cool.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm well over 100, and I think i got about 10 to 15 to go.
0: And you got to add the Winnipeg Jets uh, to that.
1: And that's going to be a sad day. Oh, I've already been to a Winnipeg Jets game.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Well done.
1: I have. The only thing that left I need to see in Canada is a Raptor game. In an Ottawa Senators game, hmm. and uh, that would be that would be it. I actually was going to go to um, I had tickets to an Ottawa game last year, and unfortunately, I had to I had to uh, I couldn't make the game because uh, you know Patrice O'Neil had passed away.
0: Oh yeah.
1: we could have I was such a thing. I can't even believe he have been gone for a year. And the amount of times that I actually. I like end up, I was talking about this on Bobby Kelly's podcast the other day, how like I end up thinking about him or missing him in like the weirdest times. Like a friend of mine just got two of the dumbest tattoos I've ever seen in my life. And as I was looking at these tattoos, just going like, why the hell would you do that? I just was going, I just was thinking, God, I wish Patrice was here to trash him for 45 minutes about how dumb it was. Like, or I'll see, like, something in the news. Like, I remember last year when he first got sick. Right as he got sick, like, two days later, um, that whole Sandusky thing came out. And then that Bob Costas interview. Yeah. That creepy interview. Yes. Like, Patrice could have done 20 minutes on that interview laughing his ass off on stage, talking about that creepy... Trying to act like he didn't like little boys, which should have been horrific and he would have made it absolutely hilarious.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. He, he had the gift. Yeah, he, I
1: would say that's definitely an understatement that he had it, uh, he had it more than anyone I ever saw.
0: And uh, we'll link to some of his stuff at the end of the cast for folks not uh, uh, aware of some of Patrice's material or what, you know, what uh, of his hilarity. We'll, uh, we'll have some stuff that you can check out on that.
1: Um, yeah, if you buy a CD Mr. P, all the proceeds go with mom, so that's a great
0: thing. All right, well we'll uh, see you here at the uh, beginning of October, and uh, all looking forward to it, and this should be a huge time.
1: Okay, cool. If you all can right. um, just please mention, you know, for people that uh, if they buy Mr. P, that the proceeds go with mom, that would be awesome.
0: Great, we will do that and then we'll, uh, we'll set up a link. What's the best way to, to purchase that?
1: Uh, shoot, you know what I don't have that information. Well, but if you
0: on. buy it anywhere, if you buy it anywhere, it'll the proceeds will go to to his mom, right? I believe. We'll so. put up a couple links then. That's cool. Yeah, just so we to make sure that, okay. you know we'll put iTunes and right. Amazon and all all the usual suspects. Alright, terrific man. Alright, well thanks all right, a lot, Bill. Thanks. So Alright, bye-bye. And that's going to do it. Thanks again to Bill Burr for being on the podcast. Bill Burr is in Cincinnati at Go Bananas, Friday, October 5th, and Saturday, October 6th. It's a special engagement. Get your tickets now. It will sell out. If you're in Southwest Ohio, be sure to check him out. All things Bill Burr can be found at BillBurr.com. We'll have all the usual links uh, on the Podbean page, of course. And if you like the rest of the credits, go back and listen to a previous episode. They're all pretty much the same. We're up against the clock, so so long, and thanks for listening. Episode of PF's Tape Recorder. Hope you enjoyed that. I promise I will have something next week, something new. Again, I'm trying to line up a a very exciting guest. I haven't contacted him. He's probably very busy, but hopefully we can uh, nail him down and get him on the show. I will give you a hint that uh, it involves a subject we have covered on the show in the past couple of months is all I can say. So, I'll reach out to this guy and see. We're friends on Facebook. I think he accidentally friended me, but um, uh, we will see. And he actually reached out to me, which is weird, but uh, I will see. I think it was a mistake. I think he thought I was somebody else, but uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this and see what he says, and if it doesn't uh, pan out, I will tell you who it was. And we will go from there. In the meantime, we are up to the song of the week, and the song of the week is that's the song of the week on Radio One in Britain this week too. It's uh, Italian rock band Maniskin. and I believe they're the first Italian rock band to have a top five hit or a top ten or something like that in the UK, which shocks me. Although I can't recall any other Italian rock bands off the top of my head. The only other Italian I can recall wasn't even Italian. It was uh, a guy named Jimmy mcshane or something like that he baltimore you know him better as and he was in a, a irish fashion model who worked in italy and then got mixed up with some italian record producers and recorded tarzan boy and they had a he had another minor hit as baltimore but that's as close as i could come to coming up with anything italian and people are saying and they were saying this on the scott mill show that this is basic, basically basically uh, their first single all over it Not yeah, their first single they're a previous hit single all over again. I want to be your slave from the summer. And Mills is like, well, it worked out for them pretty well, so why not? And um, I, it's not exactly the same, but you know, they it fits together pretty well. The song is called Mamma Mia. This is Maniskin from Italy. Our song of the week on PFT Recorder So long, and thanks for listening.